Welcome to the Strategic Scaling Podcast, where you'll get an inside look into how executives and business owners have scaled their companies to increase the value of the business and ultimately sell for a higher multiple. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Uh, today, we're going to be hearing from Eric Strafel. He's engineer to CEO. And Eric, you have a master's degree from Carnegie Mellon, a black belt, um, Six Sigma black belt, and you're also the author of The Frontline CEO and creator of BSN, the Business Scaling Method with Summit. Um, you have such a, such a vast background from tech to aerospace, um, heavy experience with government entities, uh, supply chain expertise, and currently the CEO of a healthcare company. So in the past, you really have thrived in leading a strategy um, at Boeing Global, um, and then on to a subsidiary of Boeing called Avial with 2,000 employees. So wow, you're really an expert in, in leading strategy and execution. So I have a whole lot of questions for you today. So welcome. Yeah, thanks, Shelly. And yeah, my background definitely plays into how I think about strategy as an engineer and then through a lot of different uh, companies and, and types of positions. So uh, glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. So that leads me to um, a word that's been used very loosely in the last several years. It's strategy. So what's the biggest misconception that you can think of? Yeah, I think, you know, I... When we do workshops, I oftentimes ask people, you know, tell me what strategy means to you. And there's usually a lot of different answers, but people generally land on it's a path to get from here to there, right? And so that got it. And then a lot of the conversation with companies is focused on what we want to be. And that is the right starting point, but it has to transition to what you're going to do, right? And that's the biggest gap in that. Even if you describe, have a great vision of what you want to be in the future, Figuring out what you're going to do today, tomorrow, and next week to get there is really the hardest part. And that's where I see a lot of companies just not, not spend enough time. And it is difficult. And there's a process for that. You know, So it's too much focus on what you want to be, which is where you need to start. But then you got to pivot to what you are going to do to get there. Right, right. So, so incredibly important. So let's be, uh, go back about 15, 16 years um, you were working as an engineer and were doing some other uh, side workshops for entities, uh, nonprofits, for-profit companies of different sizes. And really what drove you to create this system, the BSM, Business Scaling Method? Yeah, at that point, I had spent probably 10 years in bigger companies that have systems and processes and tools to both navigate growth and product development and supply chain. And what I realized in working with smaller companies and nonprofits is that they, they may use a couple of those tools, but they're not put together in a way that can really allow them to fully leverage them. And so at that point, that was kind of my aha moment. If, if I can package up some of these tools that work for bigger companies, scale it down into a process that others can follow, then I can possibly help to unlock the potential of a lot of smaller companies to help them grow. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, there are huge differences possibly with strategy implementation, uh, we think, in our own minds. Um, but if you take a company that's $3 million or under, um, a company at $50 million, and then enterprise-level companies like you were with, with Boeing, that are a billion dollars plus, um, 
you know, what differences do you see and what similarities do you see? I, I really want to dig deeper into that. Yeah, they're, they're, I'll start with the similarities and that it's always important, whether you're 2 million or 20 million or 200 million, to kind of figure out who's your target customer, what's your value proposition to support them, how are you going to deliver that in, a, in an affordable way where you can create a successful, financially successful company. So everybody's got that. When you're a smaller company, especially just getting started, a lot of times it's just you as the founder, the owner, trying to figure out what the best move is. As you get to 20, 50, 100 employees, it's a lot more than just knowing the right move. Then you have to engage your team to execute on that move. And that becomes at least half of the battle. When you get to an even bigger company, 1,000, 100,000, then it's almost you know figuring out the, the best move to make is important. But 80 or 90% of that work is organizational transformation, is trying to engage the organization to move in a different direction as you're trying to respond to market and technology needs. And so it, it shifts from the best idea to uh, really change leadership being more and more important the bigger you are in helping your organization move in the direction you're trying to go. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes you think this task that we're doing, you know, on revisiting the customer focus and looking at the teams again, looking at the mission and vision again, um, it seems so basic, you know, like football players doing the same exercises during practice that they were doing back in high school and college. So explain to me about the importance of those basics. Yeah, you know, it, it, there are basics that you can do, but it's the repetition that actually delivers on results. So if you do the basics on you study your market, your customers, your value proposition, you walk out of the room and say, oh, we're going to go there. Well, day two, you have to start moving in that direction and, it, and consistently working to the same priorities, finding ways for everybody to engage in that. And same thing with month two and year two. It's that relentless pursuit of a consistent direction that is what how companies achieve you know, growth over time. And it can't be the flavor of the month where you're coming up with a new strategy uh, every month or every quarter or every year. You've got to keep building on a foundation of growth. And that requires building the routines and the processes in your business to do that and bring people along. If you're startup mode, you know, you're, you may be coming up with new ideas every month because you're still in kind of uh, product market fit testing. But once you get there, once you're a scaling company, you really need some some level of consistency uh, to drive scale. And it's taking that playbook and then repeating that playbook across your organization consistently over time that will deliver results. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You, you've seen so many companies over the last many years. Um, I guess that begs the question of what are the three top challenges in companies not scaling then? Yeah, I think the, um, you know, I'll try to share a couple different ways to think about it. One is not thinking big enough, right? So you get so mired in the details of running the day-to-day -day business that it's hard to get your head out to look around the corner to think about the art of the possible. And so number one is, is taking a step back to think about the aspiration of how big could this business be? How big could the impact that you're trying to make be and, uh, and really envisioning what that might look like in the future. And so number one is take a step back from your business and look at the art of the possible. The second is building the infrastructure to scale. As you start to get some success, some traction at 20 people, at 50 people, 
putting the systems and processes and technology in place that can grow with, with your business is really important. And I see a lot of times we, it costs money to do that, right? And so you got to do that, um, you know, in a, in a very structured and targeted way. But if you don't do that, then you're essentially sabotaging the future growth of your business because that will come back to bite you. If you don't have a scalable customer service system, then as you grow and add more customers, eventually you're, you're not going to perform for your customers and you're going to lose credibility in the market. And so not focusing enough on your infrastructure, which is your team, your process, your technology, as you grow your business to each level uh, can come back and bite you. And then lastly, um, you know, I think just access to resources, capital, expertise to help you navigate the different challenges that you're going to face. And so as a small company, a lot of times you don't have the same network, you don't have the same access to capital, uh, you don't have the same expertise to help you avoid some of the common pitfalls that others avoid. And so getting connected to those resources is really important. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing a business owner interviewed that's been wildly successful out of Dallas. Um, she said that she needed to seek out this one guy that was an expert in that field. And she knew it was a big jump because she felt like she may not be able to um, handle it on her budget or, you know, be able to attract that executive to come to work for her. But once she did, it was a game changer for that business. So point well taken there. Yeah. So let's flip over and talk a little bit more about the enterprise level companies. And um, I know that you've had background with supplier diversity, um, the word DE&I, <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion. There's been a lot of different uh, buzzwords to keep up with in the last six years or so. Give me a little background on that. And then I want to hear more about the challenges in a minute. Yeah, I, you know, I moved from engineering into supply chain broadly at Honeywell and the sourcing and, and globally around the world, spent time in, uh, in Mexico and China and, and parts of Europe. And uh, so got a lot of exposure to how suppliers, especially smaller suppliers, uh, work in support of our bigger company supply chain. And then with Boeing, I led supplier management for a period of time and just got a lot of good exposure to what the, an effective supply chain looks like. It, that includes thousands of suppliers and wow. came to appreciate the diversity of thought that small, diverse suppliers bring, uh, oftentimes can move faster, more agile, new innovation. And that, so that perspective plays into my belief that supplier diversity is not just to meet a metric to support a government contracting requirement. It actually does strengthen your supply chain and add resilience and competitiveness to it. And, and I, you know, my belief is from seeing that happen uh, over the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So that really leads to the biggest question is with corporations, um, what are the biggest challenges they're facing uh, as they move forward? Yeah, I, I think they, there's a lot of companies are on different ends of the spectrum. There are companies like Toyota that we recently talked to that have a well-developed supplier diversity program. Encore is another one. Uh, here locally in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, you know, they have an office. They really they build supplier diversity into their competitive bidding process. They, Toyota has a mentor program where they will get out and mentor small businesses to help them uh, figure out how to best respond to and engage in a, in a bigger contract. And, and that goes to, I think, one of the biggest challenges is if you're a small company responding to a 100-page RFP, Right when it's probably a handful of people that you know are still also running the business day to day that are trying to do that can be really difficult. And then if you're going to essentially get a purchase order that's going to double your business tomorrow, 
right? To scale at that level is hard to do. And so I, I think providing some expertise like a mentor program uh, to help small businesses be able to scale pretty fast pretty fast to match the requirements of large companies is, is one of the important elements. And then the other one I see most common is in that, um, in that uh, proposal process, it's pretty standard, right, as it needs to be so you can effectively and fairly evaluate bids. But what it doesn't always allow you to do is understand some of the new innovation and unique perspectives that diverse suppliers can bring in small businesses. And so small and diverse suppliers telling their story in a way that a larger company can recognize in terms of the speed and agility and new approaches to thinking about the products or services they offer, helping them kind of shape that offering uh, to to create value for a large company, but then also working with large companies to uh, seek ways to recognize that value and understand the, the value that they bring and kind of kind of building that connection is, is always helpful. Right, right. It sounds like strong communications is a big piece of this equation here. Absolutely, yeah. Are there any other recommendations you would give those executives in those departments at those really big organizations? Yeah, I, I love the idea of mentoring programs, and that if you're a procurement agent at a big company, you you know you're trying to do the, all the best things and build a diverse pipeline for companies bidding on, on proposals, but you I may know. not have the skills to help that business scale, right? You're a procurement agent, you may not necessarily have all the knowledge and techniques on how to, how to run a small business and whatever that is, but those resources are probably somewhere else in the company. You know, at Boeing, we had, there was an expert in everything somewhere in the world. And if we can, big companies can leverage those resources in something like a mentorship program or uh, supplier conferences where they bring some suppliers together to talk about things that they can do to, to scale and meet their requirements. I think that's really helpful. And then just embedding larger companies, making sure that the pipeline of people on their, on their approved supplier list and that they're looking to evaluate that they're not only making sure they have diverse representation on that list, but they're also seeking ways to recognize new innovation and bring that into the process. Right, right. It sounds like they need to learn a lot on each other's side, you yeah. know, because yeah. when you're in that corporate role, <laughs> you're only seeing, you know, the structure of what you need to complete there on, on that side. And then the small business owner level is a whole different universe as well. So Great points on that. Appreciate that. So let's talk about um, the hard part. <laughs> this is the million dollar, the billion dollar question is implementation. Um, I've worked with you since 22. Um, actually, this is what got me hooked. <laughs> the incredible workbook, BSM, the business scaling method, which, by the way, I am excited to be your first licensee of the material. So Totally awesome. Uh, but really getting back to implementing, um, you know, we've all been to a Tony Robbins event um, one day, three days, four days. We've been to other business events that might have been a half day. We give each other the high fives on the way out, big smiles, a lot of energy, amazing. And then what happens back at the workplace? <laughs> Life happens, work happens, and we get sidetracked. So talk about implementing. This is really a really um, exciting portion. Yeah, you're, you're right on. And, we, and thanks for your partnership. And yeah, you and I have talked about all the strategy playbooks I've had on the shelf in the past because the implementation is so hard. And so a lot of the business scaling method is 
it walks through the whole process, but it, it, it's not going to give you the answers. It's going to ask the right questions. And the intent of that is that as you get get to be a bigger company, you know, when you're two employees, you can get in a room and talk about the best ideas and, and kind of work on which way you want to go. If you're 200 employees, your it, your ability to differentiate and compete has more to do with your ability to unlock the knowledge of all 200 employees and bring that to bear in your company. And so the business scaling method is designed to engage your team, large or small, to bring ideas forward, asking the right questions, narrowing in on what are the priorities to go work on, and then putting into place an operating cadence or what we call a trail rhythm, the routines to go both execute your business and drive growth initiatives where you're circling back to that every day, week, and month to check in on how you're doing. And you focus on that until you get it done. And then you move on to the next most impactful initiative. And in that focus, execution, and building in those routines into your business is critical. And then you do that for the quarter or for the year, and then you circle back and do it again, right? So the, the first five stages are how to run through that process to implement uh, in a in one cycle in your business, usually a year, but it could be a quarter for a smaller business. And then stage six, the last stage is about then how do you look back, take some lessons learned from how that went, apply it to the next cycle and move on, right? So you're continuously building over time. And those repetitions and those cycles of learning are what make the difference. And this is the only, it's the only system I've seen that pulls it all together, which is why we created it. Yeah, I love the fact of the cycles of learning. You know, um, one thing that I've learned a lot from you is the word relentless. <laughs> I've seen you work with clients and fly up to their city, bring in a team of people every month as chief strategy officer and, you know, right there on site, right with their leadership team and their founders. And that's really what the differentiator is there. So, Eric, do you have any other closing comments before I wrap? Yeah, no, appreciate the partnership. I'll just circle back to the mission that we we have now together, right? Which is to create a healthy ecosystem of small and diverse businesses. And there are a lot of companies that never make it past a million or five million. And we aspire to help those companies, you know, to grow bigger and grow their impact bigger, which then reshapes the the economy and just creates a healthy business ecosystem. Uh, for the con- country and, and for the world. And, you know, so that's our aspiration and that's what we hope our programs help to do. That's right. So in my opinion, I think that smaller businesses, businesses in the middle market, even to the enterprise level can be uh, helped by the business scaling method. Um, I think one of the things I've enjoyed most are seeing the really tough questions. So throughout the programs that I've sat through many, many of them, um, it's always intriguing for me to watch the audience, you know, when we pair people up and do the breakouts and a lot of aha moments happen. <laughs> and that's really what makes the transformation occur. So uh, for more information, I want everybody to check out uh, uh, strategicscaling.net. And we also have a YouTube channel for strategic scaling under my name, Shelly Howlett. So please subscribe. And thank you, Eric Strafel, for being with us today. Yeah. Thanks, Shelly. Good to talk to you with you.